there's periods of time where nothing feels like it's going right. Like, like the productivity isn't great. We didn't get any huge accounts. And I'm like, oh, it's like punch in the face after punch. And then, and then I'm like, everyone's so down and I'm like, it can't get worse. Something's going to come our way. We just got to keep going. And like, and then the next day, some crazy account will get inked. And I'm like, see, like, it's like, it's just like knowing that that's part of the process as opposed to like wanting every day to be just like a, a victory is, is not the way it works. You know, I think that's the other thing people, you know, kind of want and, and you got to be more realistic with the process. Lauren Fundos was doing quite well in her job on Wall Street but she couldn't stop thinking about her idea for a business of her own. Five years later, her company has landed clients like the NFL, UFC, and Under Armour, while securing millions from investors. Lauren explains what it takes to go from startup to success on episode 58 of Power Forward. This is Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. All right. Welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleves. Mateen, what's going on, my man? Oh, yeah, Justin. I am fantastic. Flying high, man. Ready to make it happen, baby. <laughs> well, we got a we got a great show today, Mateen. Um, one thing that you know well is, is how much uh, life changed for all of us uh, during the pandemic. And, and one thing that changed in particular um, is exercise. You know, a huge part of so many people's lives and, you know, the pandemic hits. And one of the, the first things to to change or shut down is is the gyms. Uh, in a lot of fitness studios and people are scrambling. Uh, I know that you like to work out being, being the former athlete that you are. Um, for, for me, it's a huge part of my life. Uh, and I know that we were scrambling, you know, once, once they shut down the gyms, it was like, first thing, all right, go to Amazon, order a treadmill and uh, <laughs> hope that that thing shows up. Fortunately it did. But I mean, it was uh, lo- looking back, it was pretty crazy to think about what changed in terms of the way we exercise. Right. Oh man, it was crazy, man. And people had to come up with creative ways and, um, you know, to, to change their, to, to stay in, in some kind of shape. Yeah. But it, it was definitely a game changer. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and, you know, it's not just about staying in shape. It's for me, exercise is just about the mental side of it uh, as it is the physical. Uh, And and it's such an important part uh, of so many people's lives. And uh, our guest today knows all about that because uh, this is her business. It is not only her passion, it is her business as well. We are really excited to be joined by Lauren Fundos. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Forte. It is a technology company. And I'm going to let Lauren explain exactly what Forte is all about because she's going to do a way better job than I would. But Lauren, first of all, welcome to Power Forward. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm I'm, uh, happy that I'm with two other fitness buffs. Makes me happy. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get Mateen. You know, whenever I see him around the office, I'm always asking him, I'm like, When's the last time you worked out? Have you run lately? I'm, I'm trying to push him. I'm trying to, you know, keep him, keep him motivated. Uh, but, but, but let's let's just jump in right there. So For tell sure. our listeners ab- about Forte, uh, about your company, and what you guys are all about. 
For sure, yeah. So my company um, actually helps gyms build a premium digital experience from start to finish. So all the way from the filming side of things, how to live stream the classes to the actual platform that they deliver to customers. That's super fun and interactive with two-way videos and live leaderboards and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously at the start of the pandemic, it was a good business before the pandemic because the consumer wanted digital fitness, but it was a great business when the pandemic hit because all the gyms were closed and the only way for them to connect to their customer was to have a digital fitness product. So obviously that was a super exciting time for the company. Um, and, you know, now happy to say that we uh, power the NFL Players Association, the UFC, wow. Under Armour World Headquarters Gym. Um, Good Life Fitness, which is Canada's largest gym chain. So um, super exciting time, uh, you know, for the company. Uh, certainly a lot of growth and obviously also really good for the industry because the industry was sort of like just sitting back and hoping technology would just like go away. And so this really forced them to sort of, you know, fast forward with the consumer and also just the evolution of tech. And so in many ways, it was kind of good for the industry um, because it's the only way to succeed going forward. Oh, man. Lauren just told us I am a big deal in so many different <laughs> ways. Like, I love it. <laughs> now, let me ask you. Let me you may ask have heard you. of those little companies. <laughs> you may now, have. Let, yeah. yeah, let me ask you this. Like, what? Uh, where'd the idea come from? Like, For sure. what? yeah, where'd, where'd you get the idea from? Yeah, so I used to work on Wall Street trading government bonds, so nothing to do with technology. Um, I have obviously was a, always worked out my whole life, so that was something I was super passionate about. I started to become really like clear on what I thought the future was going to look like, and I, I actually invested in uh, a place in the city and in the market, and I was trying to figure out other things to invest in. So I was looking at things that I was really excited about, which was fitness, and then I got pretty fixated on just the fitness world and where it was going and what I thought was going to happen. And I started talking to gyms that I was tight with to see if they would be interested in streaming because they were confined by just the people that could be there and not everybody has access to good things. And, you know, some of them like, were like, no, we don't want people to copy us. Like, I'm like, listen, everybody's doing push-ups and burpees. You didn't invent that. <laughs> like, you know, but you got to own it. Like in today's world, you got to get it out there and own it or everyone's going to steal your idea and then own it on Instagram. And they're going to be the ones with the idea. So, you know, but they had this mentality, but some of the gyms were like, like, let's get started. Let's do this thing. I'm like, dude, I got a job. I have no idea. I was just like spitballing this conversation with you. And I just became more and more fixated with that at work. And I just was like, I don't want to tell a sad story. Like, see that? I thought of that first. That was my idea. And like, I don't own the company. And it's just a sad, depressing story I tell every time I have a drink. And so I didn't want that to be me. And so I decided that I knew this was going to happen and that I ultimately needed to get started fast because... Um, you know, I, 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 other people were going to start to see that. And, and the, the world is today as I imagined it, which is very exciting. And as a founder to, you know, when you're ahead of the curve and having to pitch people on what's to come, you know, you either are sound crazy or you end up being a genius, right? And you have to, you have to own that, right? And so, um, you know, it's exciting to see the world where I had envisioned it going. And, you know, obviously the pandemic um, further cemented that for, for the company, for sure. I, I love the fact that you have the idea and, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to be another person who will say, yeah, I, I actually thought of that or, you know, I, I could have done that. I mean, you, you took the bull by the horns totally. and decided to just go for it. But that being said, you left a very successful job on Wall Street. I mean, you yep. told me before that you were doing really well. 
Yep. Uh, I bought a three floor loft. I had no intention of making $0 (laughs) for the next five years. Um, (laughs) I had ratcheted up all my investments. I had no plan to do this. Like I just, so that put a little, you know, pressure on it. But I also, even like with my apartment, my lease came up. I'm like, dad, I'm going to buy a place. He's like, well, you haven't even thought about it. And what if you get married? I'm like, well, I'm not engaged. And so everyone lives in New York city and regrets not buying a place. So I'm like, I don't want to, everyone's like, if I would have bought something 30 years ago, I'm like, every person I talk to says that I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to buy it. And then if my life changes, I'm going to sell it. And like, then, and now he's like, you know, that was the best idea. I was like, yeah, I told you. So I feel like that's the attitude. I'm like, I don't, I, you hear people say these same themes over and over again. And I'm just like, the, the worst case scenario is that I, I know now know that I would never want to continue doing the job that I was doing. And I have this great fulfilling life and the, you know, the worst case scenario doesn't work out, but now I have this whole new path and figured out all this stuff that I enjoy doing. And the best case scenario is I build a billion dollar company, which is what I'm buying to do. So, so, so I mean, either way, it's good. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and clearly this is something, you know, the, the ability to do that is, is something that's, I would think ingrained in, in you and just the kind of person you are. But I'm, I'm, that being said, I'm also sure that you get people all the time coming up to you who may have an idea of their own and saying, well, I don't know. What do you think? How do I do it? I mean, how do you advise people, you know, other aspiring entrepreneurs who um, approach you or maybe you have a conversation with? I mean, what do you tell them about, you know, that time when it comes time to actually figure out, okay, I need to either do this or I need to move on? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think ignorance is bliss. Like I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I, I have like not seen my friends in forever. I have to make a very solid effort to see my family. I just am in a, you know, I'm like, oh my God, five years have just gone by. It's like a tunnel and, you know, you don't win by going to everybody's birthday party. And so, you know, I know what it takes to win and it's, it's not by having, unfortunately, a super balanced approach to life. And so, especially in this game where, you know, things are moving, the velocity of the market so fast. So I think it's obviously important to realize like, you know, if you have a fan, I can barely walk my dog during the day. I'm like, imagine I, people have three kids and they're starting, like women are pregnant and starting companies. I'm like, I can't even remember walk the dog. I'm like, I I don't know how you do that. I mean, I guess it's up to the person, but I think like understanding like, you know, realistically what, what it takes, I think is important and like what you have to give up. It's unfortunate that it's like really hard to be, you know, there's not enough hours in the day, but also knowing that if you feel really intent on that, that there's like other ways to do it, whether that's working for a big company and having them like facilitate you starting sort of your own little thing inside or doing it with that has a little less pressure, right? Like I think there's ways to kind of immerse yourself and and fill that void um, or going to a startup that's more established or, you know, things like that. So I feel like there's ways to do it that are maybe not as uh, taking the plunge, depending on where you are in your, you know, circle of life, I guess. <laughs> yes. And you mentioned, you know, having a billion dollar company. Uh, when yeah, I, I, I know, about, I know that got your attention, Mateen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She said the B word. Oh, I yes, won't stop guy. until it is. <laughs> I, and, listen, and I love that. And what makes me, and, and, and that's why I thought about when I just looked at, I like to hear you and you said, I just thought driven. She's driven. She's driven. She's driven. Totally. Where did that come from? Where did that, that mentality come from, Lauren? 
For sure. Yeah, my 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 father's from Albania. My parents are both Albanian. So I think he's always really instilled in us this work ethic that, you know, like this is the greatest place on earth and that we should be so grateful for everything. And, you know, I always used to laugh. I'm like, can I get a new bike? He's like, but you have a bike. I'm like, yeah, but every year people are getting new bikes. Like that's what kids do. Like, and in his brain, he's like, you only need one pair of sneakers so they don't work. And I'm like, I don't, you know, like, so that was always my, you know, I, I always had that sort of ingrained in the back of my head to be so grateful for these opportunities and to, to work so hard. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, and he is an entrepreneur. So all those lessons, you know, and that things that drove me crazy that he would say, I'm like, I sit here at night and they're all in my head playing. And I'm like, you know, I, I hate to say, it, but I'm actually really grateful for all, for all that they instilled, even though at the time I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. But I think, you know, and just having the support of people around you too, right? Like certainly my, you know, a lot of people are like, are you crazy to quit your job? Like you're killing it. Like I was like, I didn't just tell you I'm, I'm going to go wake up at 9am every day and drink. I mean, this is like the reactions were horrible. I'm like, this isn't very supportive, but my family was supportive. So that also was helpful. I think like, and you need to, yeah. So, you know, surround yourself by people that are supportive with this, you know, type of venture. It's very hard for them to understand, but I think, um, yeah, I've always been like, I, I have two older brothers that are significantly older than me. So I've always been like, just trying to keep up with them. Like if I wanted to play football with them, they'd be like, you got to sprint faster than us. And so I think I've always just been hustling like that since, uh, since I was a little kid. And, and for them too, I'm super grateful. <laughs> I, I love the friendly competition between you and your brothers. I love that. I love that, Lord. I love it. But another thing that you said, and, and I'll let you get to your question, Justin, but I just, I lit up not letting someone talk you off your passion because totally. sometimes in life we have a vision or we have ideas and it seemed like people were like, no, Lord, are you crazy? Yeah. What are you thinking? But it seemed like you believed and that's yep. all you need. You totally. believed in it and you put the drive behind it. Can you expand a little bit on that? Totally. I mean, I think it's really easy for people to sit on the sidelines and say to not do things. And then most people, you know, have a lot of regrets. I think, you know, it's easy to to judge. And what's the worst case scenario? Somebody's like, oh, remember when Lauren started that company, it didn't work out. And that's the conversation. And then they move on to their lives. Like, that's the worst case scenario. It's like, guess what? Also, a lot of really good things can come from it, too. So I feel like you know, just, just kind of having that attitude that, you know, and, and even like now when I raise money, investors are, you know, they always tell me an opinion based on their lens, if they're a marketing person or a salesperson or a tech guy or, you know, and I'm like, I, I, they're thinking about this for the 30 minutes I'm in front of them. I think about this 24 hours a day waking. I literally have dreams about working. I wake up in my dream. I'm working. I'm like, I, I know this better than they do. Like, I think it's just really, you know, obviously you have to know when things are going wrong too, but also have a certain conviction with your, you know, with your idea. And if you don't believe it, then also nobody else is going to believe it. Right. So that's the other thing is like, if you go in there and they're like, well, I think I'm like, okay, no investor is going to invest in you. If you're just thinking this, like you got to really believe what you're doing. And so I think that's the other that's the other thing, um, you know, and fortunately I'm so passionate about this. I couldn't imagine starting a company like just for financial gain. Like obviously there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of people do that. But for me, it's like, I, I'm so passionate. I live and breathe this that, um, you know, makes it easy to, to feel this way, I guess. Well, the hard, the hard work is paying off because uh, Mateen, I'm not sure if you know this, but Lauren uh, went on a reality show called Unicorn Hunters and pitched her idea uh, okay. to, um, to, among others, a guy named Steve Wozniak, who is the co-founder of a little company called Apple <laughs> and got great 
reviews uh, from Steve and, and others on the panel. Lauren, tell the story of how that opportunity came up and how you were able to absolutely knock it out of the park. For sure. Yeah. Being that I'm competitive, I think it's important to say that I was the only company to get all of the judges to invest. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yep. I like to like a takeover trophy there. Um, so yeah, I we work with Microsoft and they um, picked us as this unique company that they really want to help bolster. And so they got us this opportunity. Um, and it was it's basically like Shark Tank, except for growth capital. So instead of you know raising a couple bucks from the various sharks, you ra- were raising $20 million from the show. Um, so it was super cool. It's Steve Wozniak, a former treasurer of the United States, Lance Bass from NSYNC. <laughs> I almost sang, but then I stopped myself just now. <laughs> oh, our loss. <laughs> if I can't sing or dance. Um, and so a bunch of really awesome people. So that was an amazing opportunity, obviously, to sit there and, you know, to email with Steve Wozniak. I didn't really watch a lot of TV growing up. I wasn't really allowed to. It's why I play the piano and violin and all these other weird extracurriculars. But, but um, you know, I was obviously like starstruck meeting him. I know like nothing about pop culture, but I, I couldn't believe that I was, you know, standing in front of the guy that literally invented the computer that I am attached to all day long. So pretty, pretty amazing opportunity. I, I like to take a minute sometimes and like even just when I present or anything and look back, like I found my notes from like when I started the company and I wrote like, what is venture capital? Like, I'm like, what a dummy. I didn't know any of it. Like I was looking at my piece of paper, like, look what you didn't know. Like, and I was really seriously, like, I thought it was really smart at the time. And I wrote all these things down that I, you know, like, what are, you know, backend developers, like things that now are so obvious to me, but I think it's important to also like note too, how far you've kind of come because you're also just get so caught up in like grinding every day. Like, you know, when I, yeah, I hadn't presented since like the third grade science fair. And then I started a company and I had to start like talking to people publicly (laughs) and I hadn't ever really done that. So, which is not easy. Totally. No, <laughs> no I, I like the point you bring up too, about just, you know, it's okay to admit that you don't know something. I totally. mean, how else are you going to learn uh, unless you go and research it yourself or, or ask somebody. And now, you know, you're in this position where you, you do know these things and, and you, you now are, are in the position of, of being an innovator in this space, in this, this space, Lauren, we talked about it off the top of the show. I mean, the fitness industry has just exploded. I mean, with all these companies and I mean, I mean, Peloton is, is basically a household name brand now. And I know that, you know, you There's actually have a story. $43 billion. Yeah, it's, it's just wild. I mean, how do, you, how do you put into perspective this, this fitness industry that you are now a part of and, and what has happened to it, especially um, looking at it through the lens of what we all experienced during the pandemic? Totally. I'm, I think what's so exciting, but also still there's such a long way to go. It's like most people in America still don't work out. We actually, we are breaking this, the odds right here with all of us actually being engaged. Like I think the biggest opportunity still is that most people don't work out because they're just intimidated and there's a high barrier to entry. And that's really where I hope digital can really help people get comfortable with the idea. Most people say they'll go to the gym when they lose 50 pounds. They never lose 50 pounds, so they never go to the gym. And and that, unfortunately, is a cycle for over 75% of people in the country. And in other countries, it's only 1% of people are active. So I think that this opportunity is was important for the pandemic, for mental health, for the people that were active, and for the, the bigger you know scheme of life is hopefully a means for just more people getting active. Like I always say, like it's like if... 
there's like no negative benefits. You, it's good for your cholesterol. It's good for your heart. You, you'll sleep better. It lowers depression. You'll feel better. Like there's like, literally, these are the side effects. There's no negative ones. Like if anybody told you anything else, like, Hey, do this, this is what you'll get from it. You would never hesitate. But for some reason, like people still hesitate. Like it's, 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 you know, I've always loved working out. It's always been like my own escape. And so it's very hard for me to, like, I, I can't wait for that hour in the day to work out. I'm not dreading it by any stretch of the imagination. And so it's hard for me to understand what that's like. And I hope that like, there's enough things out there that we can find, you know, something that people like doing. So I, I think, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because I think this is going to be an opportunity for more people to, to get activated and, and hopefully, Yeah. Yes, indeed. You're making it easy for people. And I, I love that. And I'm one of those people. I, I was an athlete, tip top shape. When I stopped playing, I took full advantage of not having to be in shape. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I relaxed. I started putting no weight. Yeah. Then I, I got back to a routine. So I'm starting to get back to it. So I'm doing yep. much better. But Lauren, you mentioned something and, and, and it, it intrigues me to ask you a question about it because you said you, you had to realize how far you've come. Yep. Because I just talked, I asked you a question earlier about being so driven. So I know you're always looking at what can I get better at? How can we make this better? What adjustment can I make to become better? Totally. But, yet, but yet you seem like you have a balance, which I think is is brilliant. And I think you need it um, to look at the, to, the, the things that you are doing good as totally. well. So when, when did you find that balance? Or because I know as a, you know, you, you are, as an ex-athlete, you always yep. want to get better. At, so that's what we're, we're wired like that. Totally. Yeah. But now, you know, it seems like you ha- you found that balance. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah. I think that's the best part about working out. I always tell people like, you good. You can't do a pull-up. Do this every day. Do a bar hang and then do a bar hang with your elbows bent. And then guess what? In one year, I don't care who you are. Your body will do a pull-up. Like that is how it works. Like if you, and I think like that's, that's what's so amazing about working. Everyone obviously has different levels of, you know, like there is some genetics there, but, but if you do these things, you get better at them. And I think that's the same thing with, with working, right? I think like all those quotes about like, you know, the person doing the work when nobody's watching, all those things are cheesy, but they're so true. It's like, I think that that's where, you know, if you put in that work, it, it does pay off at the end of the day. And I think in, especially in startups or work, like it, it, it is, it's not always the smartest person that wins this game because it, it, it is grueling. There are definitely long nights. And I think like, you know, it's important to, to, to realize where you came from and that it's not going to be an overnight thing. Right. That's the other thing is same with working out. Most people work out and then they don't feel skinny right away. And they're like, ah, oh, and they stop. It's like the same thing here too. It's just that nothing, nothing happens overnight or everyone would be killing it. Right. And I think that's the reality. So just like appreciating the slog and appreciating like the looking back of it too. Like, wow. Like, you know, even though I haven't got to my goal, like I'm still, I'm a lot, I'm a lot better than I was, you know, a year or two ago. I think that's the, that's the reality. So you, you start the company, you know, you've got your fingerprints on it. This is your baby. Uh, but now the company has grown. And, and you've got a team, you've got a large team. I think you said it's now over 70 full-time people at your company. As you're building out your team and you're thinking about the kind of company and culture that you want to build, what are the things that were foremost in your mind, Lauren? What were the things that you said to yourself, this is the kind of company I want to build, not just for now, but for, for the future as well? 
For sure. Yeah. I think obviously I'm an athlete. So, you know, I realize that you can't win without a good team. And I think some people hesitate to hire people maybe smarter than them or that will challenge them. And I'm, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, if I can get LeBron James on my team, I'm like, come on, baby. I, I want to build the best team of all stars. I don't I don't like get hung up in the fact that I feel like that just venerates that, you know, you as well. Like, I, so I think that's important too, to not feel challenged by those people and surround yourself by other great people. And also, you know, I think like a lot of people also fear kind of giving up some of their power or, you know, not doing everything yourself. And, and I think when you try to do everything yourself, you can only get so far. And then when you start to bring in all these people and trust that, that, that you hired the right people, you can really move fast. And I think that that's really important. Like, giving people the ability to own certain things. And yeah, is it exactly the way I was doing it? No. Is it exactly the way I would say it? No. But like, you know, give if you're going to give them ownership rights to run with the sales team or run with all these different divisions that I used to manage all of them, like, you know, then, then you have to let them do that. And I think that that's been a fun and an exciting process for me to learn. And also just, you know, I come from Wall Street, which is really, there's no, they don't really care how you feel about anything. It's very cut and dry. It's a different mentality versus the tech world, you know, is more like, you know, Google offices and happy land and everything is, you know, is a different, is a different world. So I've had to like, definitely uh, maybe tone it back or become a little more understanding of things as opposed to like, sort of to get people to thrive, which was like, you know, especially in sports too, and playing on D one number one team, it was, you know, it was very militant. So that's been like probably the, the hardest lesson was just like figuring out how to coach all the different people and to really, you know, understand what everybody needs um, is a little bit different. So that's probably been the biggest learning curve for me is, is managing other people. Right. And, you know, because I have high expectations. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and it's funny because I, I meet with leaders on a daily basis and I have leaders, they get frustrated because some people are not as driven and they don't want to yep. be as successful. I'm like, that's why you're the leader. Yeah, exactly. okay? <laughs> now, now let's make somebody better. Let's pull it out of totally, them. Okay. Totally. But I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I, I I had a leader and he yep. he's led over a, a ton of people here, but nine of his leaders have went on to lead other teams. Yep. And he he was like, oh, that is great. I feel so good about that. But he's an ex-athlete and they were ex-athletes. Yep. I said, great, but I can't give you too much credit because <laughs> you guys made a, a connection because of sports. All right. Totally. I need you to connect with the same way if it's a, if it's a lady uh, yep. on your team that never watched the sport. Let's make her great. Okay. Totally. You know, so I'm glad you said that. I think it's important for leaders to find uh, that, that, that a, a different approaches with, with, with that individual person to totally. be able to bring the, the greatness out of them. So I, I thought that I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's beneficial for our leaders and our aspiring leaders to hear that. Totally. The other benefit of sports too, is I think, you know, you lose a game and you're so pissed right after the game. Right. But like, then the next day, what are you going to do? Keep crying about it? No, you're going to practice and you're going to win the next game, right? Like, exactly. I think that's the other thing too, is like, yeah, my my days are filled with like crazy highs. Like I'm talking to Steve Wozniak and then crazy low, low. We have a lawsuit, a giant lawsuit or some crazy. And it's just like, you need to be able to keep recovering and keep moving as opposed to, you know, there's periods of time where nothing feels like it's going right. Like, like the productivity isn't great. We didn't get any huge accounts. And I'm like, oh, it's like punch in the face. After punch. And then, and then I'm like, everyone's so down. And I'm like, 
it can't get worse. Something's going to come our way. We just got to keep going. And like, and then the next day, some crazy account will get inked. And I'm like, see, like, it's like, it's just like knowing that that's part of the process as opposed to like wanting every day to be just like a, a victory is, is not the way it works. You know, I think that's the other thing people, you know, kind of want and, and you got to be more realistic with the process, you know? Lauren, you know, with this company, uh, and you talked about, you know, all the benefits that come from from having an exercise routine. Uh, you look at the businesses that you're working with, you know, and some of these businesses, some of these, you know, gyms and these fitness studios, some of them struggled mightily during COVID. Some of them went out of business. Some of them are, are done. Um, you're helping them. You're helping them uh, transform. You talked about that divide kind of that's that's uh, existed uh, historically between the fitness world and the tech world, and now you're you're helping to bridge that divide. When, when you think about the fact that you're you're helping these businesses, you're helping more people um, exercise from the comfort of their own home, or it may be more comfortable comfortable for them. I mean, that's a huge impact. I mean, I'm not saying you weren't having a big impact on Wall Street yeah. and what you did there on a daily basis, but this is this is a, a whole different animal. When when you think about you know the good that you are doing um, with with this company that is so um, you know so much a part of your life now, what what thoughts come to mind for you? Yeah, I always tell my mom like sometimes people will write like this changed my life. I'm like nobody said I made their life better on Wall Street. Like, you know, <laughs> so like that is like certainly my own health maybe be deteriorating, but I'm hoping that we're improving the health of others. And same for the businesses. Like this is you know they're now so you know they've come to the realization that the gym hasn't evolved in 30 years, the treadmill hasn't evolved in 30 years, the dot just lights lights up around the track, which nobody likes to watch. You know, <laughs> everything's been the same for a long time and. So, so I think that that's like, you know, um, yeah, it's just super exciting to, to watch everything evolve and, and the pandemic really expedited that process, I think. And, and, and doing something that makes people's lives better is like, so I, I didn't, I guess that's the, that's the reason I would say to take a risk is that my life felt so great. Like I felt like I was killing it and, and I felt like I, but then I just woke up and decided to take this risk and felt so such conviction. And, I now could never fathom going back to my old career and just following the 10 year note auction and, you know, listening to the Fed or reserve and talk every day. I'm like, you know, not that that's not important, but I was like, what was I doing every day? Like it's a whole new purpose for work. And just, I think, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't take the worst case scenario, you're a smart person, you go back to your old job, you know, and, and life goes on. It's not like the world is going to end. Yeah. Maybe it's a little embarrassing. People are like, Oh, remember when she did that weird thing? It's like, whatever, that's, you know, at least now I know what I, what I have and I'll appreciate what I'm at more versus just wondering, you know? Oh, Lauren, Lauren, I like you, man. <laughs> I love your approach to this thing. <laughs> and, and, and just listening to you talk, you have it, you know, like which most success people have, they yeah. have it. You got to have some courage. You got to not be afraid to fail. One of totally. my, one of my greatest sayings, you know, people don't, they don't set goals because their will to win. is not greater than their fear of losing. Totally. So they, they won't do it because they're thinking more about what if I don't hit the goal? Like yep. you said, Lauren, who cares? Who cares? Your life. If you don't hit the goal, make an adjustment and go back after that or do something else. Exactly. But I, but I tell you this, Lauren, and and and, and for my, my people that's listening, take heed to this because Lauren was a winner in college. She played college <laughs> sports. She won in college. Winners will always find a way to win. She won on Wall Street. Then she took a leap of faith and started her own. Like, 
Winners will find a way to win, Lauren. So you you keep leading the charge. Totally, on that. totally. <laughs> Mateen, Mateen, by the way, is available for hire as your uh, personal hype man. Uh, I know, I love it. I'm like this. This sounds like an introduction before you take the I stage. Know. I'm it was the Gatorade. It was, <laughs> it was the B word. She got yep. my attention. I'm trying to get on the team. Yep. <laughs> you uh, you you made a, an interesting point in our uh, in our initial conversation that I want to ask you about. And this kind of circles back to what we were talking about with with building out a team and being a leader and learning how to lead. Um, the, the whole notion of hiring people um, at the right stage of their career and also the stage, the right stage for your company. And, yeah. and I think that's something that, that a lot of people don't necessarily recognize, at least not right away. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit and what you've been able to kind of identify as far as, um, you know, who might be the right fit and and who may not be the right fit, depending on, you know, what juncture it is. For sure. Yeah. Like I've, I've, in the early days I was introduced to, you know, these really senior people that worked at Google and Facebook and all these great companies, but they hired teams, they built big teams and they didn't do the day-to-day grind. And at a startup, I mean, you're, you're doing all the, all the ugliest things, all the coolest things, but you're doing everything. Right. And so, I found that like getting introduced to these really great, you know, high level executives at big companies. Yeah. Are they very smart and great, but they're not, they're not used to doing what the day to day is at your stage. And so you end up, or, or, or you try to get a corporate person to work in a startup. It's a very different atmosphere. If you work at Microsoft and you don't go to work, guess what? Microsoft life goes on. If you work at a startup and you don't go to work and work your hardest every week, guess what? That startup dies. And so, <laughs> it, you know, your impact is so different. And so I think it's important to understand, like, and to be clear about, like, what really needs to get done and are people really willing to do this? Is this a nine to five? Absolutely not. I email my team at all hours and I expect them to email me back. And, 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 and so, you know, is it ideal? No, but, but are we, you know, working to build a bigger company where that's not the case? Yes. But when you're the only person that knows how to do something and you go on vacation, guess who I'm calling you because you're the only one that knows how to do it. And so making sure that people understand those expectations is really important. And, and I think it's hard. Yeah. If, if you bring somebody on that's, that isn't, hasn't done that or just has aspirations to it's important to be really clear about that because I don't want people to think that, yeah, it is a nine to five because, because it's not going to be. And I don't want somebody that has that attitude. You know, I think that it's important to be really clear about that. Now I got to put on my investigative reporter hat. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Now I have to ask the question. Now, did you ever miss like hiring somebody and you like, they're not a fit, you know, uh, you thought, but, you, you realize that they're not a culture fit. Totally, totally. Like you, you, you want all the things that I always knew were a problem ended up being the problem at the end of, at the end of the whole situation. Wow. Like, like, you know, it's like you, you just need to trust your gut. Like when you, you know, my main partner, my COO, he, I trust him with my life. Like I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't hesitate for anything. And when you don't have that with the core people, you know, and then it uh, it always ends up like, you know, just kind of coming to the surface at, at a later point. And it's like, you know, sometimes I just, I wanted, I wanted it so bad for it to work out or I wanted, you know, this person to like rise to the occasion. But at the end of the day, the things that I, my gut's always been right about things. You know, I, even like we were looking at some big hires recently and I just in the interview got a weird feeling and I did some investigative work thanks to LinkedIn. <laughs> and, and, and I was praying that I was wrong because everybody else was so on board. I was praying I was wrong. And, 
exactly what I thought was the case. And so because I have made those mistakes before when I thought those things, I was like, you know, this is too big a role to not really just do this investigative work. And and I and I saved myself the agony because I've been I've been down that road before and everyone was against me. Everyone, nine <laughs> other people against me. And I was like, maybe I'm paranoid. And at the end of the day, then I found out from other people where they worked at that ultimately what I thought was true. So I feel like really trusting your, your gut on those things is is the most important thing. Gotcha. All yeah. right. So 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 give us an update on where things stand right now with Forte, because you know, you said you were self-funded at the start. Uh, you've got investors now. I mean, yep. that's that's for sure. And and another thing you said, Mateen, and you're gonna like this because this shows you know the swagger uh, that Lauren has. I think it's it's safe to say she has some swagger. <laughs> um, you know, she she dropped some of the names earlier in the show of, of you know the, the the company she's working with. And I remember you said, Lauren, you are focused on the big players in this space. You are yep. going after the big fish. So give us kind of the the lay of the land on where things stand with the company now and and, and where you guys are headed. Yep. So yeah, so we initially actually had built a marketplace and then we realized that the biggest companies don't want to, you know, everyone wants Amazon and Netflix, but the big companies don't want to be a part of those things. So we decided to sort of do this white label sort of SaaS solution where we power the biggest guys without our branding and integrate into their own ecosystem. Um, We actually decided to launch that right before the pandemic. So that infrastructure to build this from a tech perspective was developed. And then we've been rolling these guys out aggressively. We don't need to roll out millions. We're just focused on the biggest ones. I think like we are working with the YMCA, like the Young Men's Christian Association doesn't get written up in TechCrunch every day as the sexiest thing in, on the planet. But 23 million people is very sexy to me. And that's how many people go there. And so, you know, I think that that we're, you know, we're working with those guys. We're starting with the biggest guys, which obviously puts a lot of pressure on making it work because you can't get a bad reputation. And it's a lot that goes into scaling to these types of sizes from a tech perspective. But at the same time, we're trying to get as much market share as possible. So we're running as fast as we can. And yeah, it's been a, been a whirlwind <laughs> the last year and a half, especially. Man, oh man, you guys yeah. are, uh, you guys are on fire. I mean, you, you've only been in business with 2015 with the start. I mean, and it, yep. it hasn't been that long, but I mean, I, I guess one other thing I was just thinking about is, you know, if you, if you went back to the start, if you went back to 2015 uh, and you could do something different, based on what you've learned over the last uh, almost six years now. What is that thing? Yeah, I think, I mean, I would do everything differently. I, I literally was like, <laughs> let me go build a tech company. I didn't know one person in tech. I went on my LinkedIn, I typed in tech. I'm like, huh, I only know traders and people in finance. I was like, I knew two people and those two people were instrumental in helping me get started. Like I didn't even know where to go or where to begin. Um, but that was like also part like I would just go to tech events. Like I had no idea what people were talking about. I would like ask tech people, like, what is the cloud? Like everything's in the cloud. Like what is the cloud? Like, how does that work? What is the internet? Like, let's back it up. Like, I don't even know. Most people don't know. They're just not too embarrassing. Man, like, how does the internet even work? Like, I don't even, I'm trying to build a tech company and I'm like, let's start with this computer. How is this thing working? Like, you know, like, I think like, you know, you don't know. I think that was a fun part of the process too. Just like learning that stuff and, and, you know, like thinking that like you can never get there and, and getting there and now knowing, you know, a lot more than you knew before. I think that was a fun part of the process. I would do it differently because I, I wasted a lot of time trying to figure out where to find engineers and where to do all those things. Right. So it's a, but, but at the same time, I probably 
had a better experience or built better relationships because I was sort of like, you know, when you, when you build a company, you don't know exactly where it's going to go. You have an idea and, it, and often it ends up in a very different place than you intend it to go. And so, you know, you, you just start going and then all these opportunities come at you. Like people want to hospitals want to work with you or other industries and, and you have to decide like what to, to focus on. Right. And so it may go in a totally different path, I think. And, and so that's like, you know, now it's a business. Like we sign a client, we put the coin in, it goes down the account management line, it comes out and it starts spinning out revenue. And like, but it took a long time to actually create that like very concrete business. Right. And so all the other parts of it, we're building this technology and you're just like finding your path. And, and, you know, it, it takes a while to actually get it to that place where it's very concrete about, you know, what the execution is and, you know, it's, it becomes more of a doing a masterful playbook replicated over and over as opposed to, you know, just pondering where it could go. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different, it's a different era now. And, 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 and Justin, you know, let me throw this in because Justin, you, you are working with some fantastic brands and then your vision is to go after some, some other, you know, fantastic yeah. brands. Now, how particular are you about your brand? Because I know you're starting to grow and you're having success and you're going to have some people trying to pull you in certain directions. So what's your angle uh, as far as your brand? For sure. Yeah. I think I've always been, you know, I, I think the one thing, like when I pitch a company, like I was pitching the UFC, they're like, so this is what goes on in our gym. This is our ethos. I'm like, you don't have to tell me I've been there a hundred times. Like, <laughs> I feel like, like, I feel like that's what I'm so passionate about it that I think I, I want everyone to really, I'm like, you know, the best way to build a relationship with these people, go work out with them at the place that they're very proud and operate every day. And I think like, I, I make sure that our team does that. And I'm like, I really, I want you to want to do that. And I think like, that's, that's really important to me. And also just like from the, from a, you know, from the gym's perspective, they're really scared of technology. So like helping them like understand the benefits of it and make them feel a part of the process because they operate, it's their business I'm trying to build this for. So I'm like, listen to the customer and figure out like, you know, what they want. And, and we integrate with a lot of these gym management payment software companies, sort of like the open tables for the gyms. Okay. And this is what every client says. We use XYZ and we hate it. And I'm like, my number one goal is to never <laughs> be the company that they say we use this for digital fitness and we hate it. I'm like, that is like my, you know, the number one thing I, I, I want them to feel good about it. And I want them to feel like when we say we're going to do things, we do them. And, you know, just, I think, I think a lot of newer companies have that mentality versus like the old days. It was like, you know, if you want to cancel a gym membership, it was like, we penalize you and you can't. And like, yeah. you know, it's like now I just want to build something great and they can leave at any time, but they won't want to leave versus like that other mentality. I think that was, you know, just really locking people in. I don't think people have patience for that as much anymore. No, not anymore. Uh, by the way, t t did you actually go get in the octagon when you were pitching UFC? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm like, I just want to hit you. I don't actually want to get hit in the face. I don't really love that much. But I always wonder what could happen. Those charity fights, I'm so intrigued, but I'd have to really... I uh, I don't know that I would bet against you, Lauren. I'm just saying. No. no. Not, not based on what we know about you. And like Mateen said, how driven you are. But no, so you have right. a... It's it's a super cool idea, and it, and you know now it's obviously a, a successful company. And uh, tell tell people out there, you know, if they are interested in finding out how they can take advantage of of your technology. And I mean, this for, sure. for people who may have missed this early in the conversation. I mean, the, the essentially you can you can find different um, studios and gyms that like celebrities go and work out at, and you can 
do the same workout from the comfort of your own home. So, so tell them how they can learn more if they're interested. For sure. So our platform, it's goforte.fit. And then you could see the, the companies that we power. And you could always email us too at partnerships at forte.fit. Um, we're always hiring too. We're definitely aggressively hiring. So anybody out there, engineers, everything, um, please reach out. And I would say, um, yeah, if, if you if, feel free to write, obviously, us anytime. And, and um, yeah, if you have any great gyms that you that you go to and love, I'd love to know about it as well. Um, and yeah, I think the bottom line is just do it. Just just do whatever you've been thinking about it instead of thinking about it and and then go from there. <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. Lauren Fundos, thanks so much for joining us. Really great conversation. We wish you all the best uh, as you continue to grow the company. Thank you so much. To make sure you never miss an episode of Power Forward, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now featuring more inspirational stories of success. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Power Forward.